Let us pray. Kandika Jesus Kandika Some privilege, O oh God, you've given unto us to be here this morning. Today is the last day in the month of April. It is your mercy that has kept us and preserved us. Father, O oh God, we thank you. We cannot thank you enough. We give you all the praise. And even this morning, as we are seated here, Lord, we pray that your presence will continue to be with us. And Father, Lord, as we hear your word this morning, open up our heart. Open up our spirit because we know that you have a word for us today. Father oh God, at the end of our service today, at the end of this message, Father oh God, that you will instigate a new consciousness in us. That we will discover there is an assignment that you have placed over our lives. And for the consciousness to live by that assignment and accomplish it, Father oh God, you will ignite in us. And at the end, your name alone shall be glorified. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. There is nothing we can do without you. Father God, we receive the spirit of utterance. And let your word come in clarity and precision. And let the power that comes with your word, oh God, transform your people. And transform me also. For in Jesus' mighty name I have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. You're welcome to church this morning. Praise God. I want to first and foremost thank God for this wonderful opportunity to share his word this morning. It's a rare privilege and I do not take it for granted. I also want to thank our daddy in the Lord, the canon professor Chikere Amzim and the clergyman and the chapel council for this wonderful opportunity. Amen? I believe God has a word for us this morning. We have just a few minutes to spend here. You know, looking at the word of God. Today is Holy Communion service, so we don't have, you know, the latitude of time. But I believe within the minutes we are going to share the word of God this morning that God will place something in our hearts that we can go home with. Amen? So today we are considering something very, very significant and important. He said, your God-given assignment, be strong and accomplish it. Your God-given assignment... Be strong and accomplish it. This is in line with our theme for the year. Your God-given assignment. Be strong and accomplish it. There are eight things, just eight spiritual truths about our assignment that I'm going to share with us this morning. Eight of them. And by the special grace of God, 
By the time we look at these eight spiritual truths about our God-given assignment and what God expects from us, then we'll pray and wrap up this session. Eight of them. But before I go into those eight spiritual truths, I want us to understand first and foremost what is actually God-given assignment. What is God-given assignment? It's true that we all know that we all have an assignment that God has given to us on earth. But we are not just looking at any kind of assignment this morning. We are not just considering any form of assignment. What we want to share this morning is the assignment that comes from who? That comes from God. That is God-given assignment. An assignment that came directly from God. An assignment that has its source from the heavens, from God. That's what we are looking at this morning. So what is actually God-given assignment? And in my own definition, I said that God-given assignment is a divine task. A divine task that comes with an inherent burden and divine ability towards solving problems that yields eternal value. I will define it again. That God-given God-given assignment is a divine task. Divine task that comes with an inherent burden, inherent passion, inherent enthusiasm and zeal. And with divine ability. Geared towards solving problems. And in solving those problems, those, the solution will yield value to God. It must have eternal value. So when you look at this definition, you will agree with me that there is something called divine task. That is number one. Looking at the futures of this definition, the first thing you will see is divine task. Meaning that there is a work. The task is actually work. Am I correct? It's a work. If you are in an office, your boss can give you what? A task. It's a work. I say within five minutes, within ten minutes, I want you to produce this. I want you to come up with this letter. I want you to draft this. I want you to look at this. It's a task. But we're not looking at that kind of task. We're looking at a task that has its source from God. And as you're seated here with me this morning, there is a task God has given to you. There is a task God has given to me. That's why I called it a divine task. And one good thing about this task is that it comes with an inherent burden. Have you seen somebody with burden before? If you have a task that comes from God, and there is no burden attached to it, then it's not from God. For it to come from God, there must be a burden. There must be a kind of passion that will will be driving you. Passion that would also consume you. Until you fulfill that particular task. If that burden is not there. If that passion is not there. If that zeal is not there. If that enthusiasm is not there. Then it's not from God. If God gives you a task, my brother. It will be difficult for you to sleep. Until you fulfill that task. If that assignment is actually from God. You will not rest. It comes with an inherent burden. It comes with a burden. 
if you look at the scripture and people that God has given different kinds of assignment, you discover that there was a burden attached to that task. Are you following me this morning? So it comes with a burden. And outside the burden, it comes with an ability. Divine ability. Because you need the equipment of God to fulfill his task. You need abilities from God. You need spiritual equipment. Every task comes with an, with a, with, with an ability. Every task comes with a particular anointing. A particular grace that will enable you to fulfill the task. Because the assignment of God cannot be fulfilled by human ability. Divine assignments cannot be actualized by physical strength. And if you want to apply physical ability and physical strength, you discover that you will struggle in God's assignment. A lot of us today are doing the work of God. But that enablement, that spiritual empowerment, that ought to drive the work, we don't have it. And there is no way you can go far when you don't have that empowerment. It is the grace, it is the divine ability that makes the work look like it's a seamless work. And when a man that does not have the strength, when a man that does not have the ability, the divine equipment is given a particular task, it becomes obvious. People will know that this man is struggling. Am I correct? It will be so obvious. But when you see a man that has been engraced for an assignment, he will just be like a fish swimming in the oceans and the rivers without any struggles. Because there is an empowerment. Brethren, this morning I want us to know that if you bring out a fish from his environment of strength and place him on the ground, would that fish be able to swim? It's not possible. So you need the atmosphere. You need the strength required for your assignment. And that is what divine ability is all about. And then you now talk about solution, solving problems. The assignment of God is always geared towards solving societal problems. There are so many problems in the world today. Look around you, you see different issues. Look at your environment, your workplace, your family. There are so many problems. And the reason why you are there is to bring solution. The reason why I am where I am today is for me to be able to profess solution. Spiritual solution that will solve societal problems. Is what our assignment is all about. And in solving these problems, it must have eternal value. If you are doing any assignment for God, and there is no significance, it's not bringing any value to God, then it's not God's assignment you're doing. I see people tell me, okay, I run NGOs, you know, God has given me the task to run NGOs, to do some things and all of that, and you run those NGOs, and there is no God factor. There is no factor that is geared towards expansion and advancement of the kingdom of God in that your NGO is not the assignment of God. It's not the assignment of God. There must be a value. What you're doing for God is bringing to heaven. It's bringing to heaven. If it's not bringing anything to heaven, then God has not called you into it. 
I remember a time I, I was, myself and my cousins wanted to do something for some persons in our village, the widows and all of that. And we bought so many things. It was a Christmas period. And I came and I met Professor Samik and I told him that, look at what we wanted to do. And he was like, okay, that's fine. But is there any provision? That was the question for me. That is there any provision where the word of God can be shared? That is eternal value. And I told him, yes, that we've already engaged the priests in our village to handle that. So you can't do anything, be it charity, whatever you're doing, when there is no provision, when there is nothing that will future God and bring people to Him in that thing you're doing. At the end of this message, you will now discover that the ultimate, the ultimate assignment you and I have is the Great Commission. That is the ultimate assignment. So anything you're doing and the great the fulfillment of the great commission is not there, you are doing nothing as a child of God. It's the fulcrum of our call on earth as believers. Amen. So the profitability of the assignment on earth is dependent on how much value it's bringing to heaven. The profitability of your assignment on earth is dependent, totally dependent on the value, on the value, on the relevance, the significance of that thing you're doing, what is bringing to God. That is the main thing. So if your assignment is not bringing value to heaven, if what you are doing for God, what you say you are doing for God, is not bringing value to heaven, then you are wasting your time. Amen. Then let's look at our text for today before we now go into the eight things that God wants us to know this morning. First Chronicles chapter 28 is supposed to be from verse 9 and 10. But I would want us to I would want us to read from verse 1 to 10. I'm going to read it for want of time. First Chronicles chapter 28 from verse 1 to 10. Most of the eight things that God wants to share with us this morning are in this passage. That's our text. He said, David now summoned all of his officials to Jerusalem. The political leaders, the commanders of the 12 army divisions, the other army officers, those in charge of his property and livestock, and all other men of authority, in his kingdom. We are talking about David. And we are going to look at what David did. And the assignments that God gave to Solomon. So in this verse 1. David gathered all the men of Timbal and Caliber. As far as Israel is concerned. So political leaders. Different political leaders. Commanders. Major generals. Different people. Service chiefs. In our contemporary Nigerian parlance. And different people. People in charge of his property. Officials of his government. He gathered all of them together. And verse 2. He rose and stood before them. And addressed them as the commander in chief. As follows. He said my brothers and my people. It was my desire to build a temple in which the ark of the covenant of the Lord could rest. 
a place for our God to live in. He said, I have now collected everything that is necessary for the building. But God has taught me, you are not the one to build my temple. For, your, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Amen? David in verse 2 was addressing the people. He said, it's, it's my desire. It's my wish. This is something I would want to do. To build a temple for my Lord. To build a temple for the ark where my Lord can rest. That was his desire. That was something he wanted to do. If you allow him, he will do it. But that was not the assignment that God has ordained for him. Everybody has their own assignment. You have your own assignment. I have my own assignment. Your assignment may be different from my own. That's why I don't need to look at you what you're doing. I need to sit with God to understand what God has called me to do. And begin to do it. David said yes. But the Lord said no. It is not your assignment to, to build a temple. Because you're a man of war. You're a man of war. You have fought so many battles. And your hands are stained with blood. And a man whose hand is stained with blood cannot build my temple. So David understood it. He said, but nevertheless, in verse 4, the Lord God of Israel has chosen me from among all my father's family to begin a dynasty that will rule Israel forever. He has chosen the tribe of Judah and from among the families of Judah, my father's family, and from among his sons, the Lord took pleasure in me and has made me king over Israel. So David understood the assignment of God over his life. He said, for me, the Lord has called me to become what? A king. The Lord has not called me to build any temple. I desire to do it, but that is not what God has called me to do. This morning you will discover what God has called you to do in the name of Jesus. And from verse 5, he said, And from among my sons, the Lord has given me many children. He has chosen who? He has chosen who? Solomon to succeed me on the throne of the, of the kingdom of Israel. He has told me, your son Solomon shall build my temple. For I have chosen him, I have appointed him as my son, and I will be his father. So the assignment to build the temple was for who? Was for Solomon, not for David. Just follow me. Verse 7. And if he continues to obey my commandment, and instructions as he has until now I will make his kingdom last forever I want us to understand that Solomon has always been following the instructions of God he said if he continues you cannot continue what you have not started before are you following me? so this man has been with God this man has known God he has known God and God is giving him condition if you continue in following me and following my words and following my instruction this assignment is actually for you. Verse 8. Then David turned to Solomon and said. Instructions he gave to Solomon. He said, here before the leaders of Israel. The people of God. And in the sight of our God. I am instructing you Solomon. To search out every commandment of the Lord. So that you may continue to rule this good land. And leave it to your children to rule forever. Verse 9. Solomon my son. Get to know God of your father worship and serve him with a clean heart and a willing mind for the Lord sees every heart and understands and knows every thoughts 
Say, if you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will permanently throw you aside. Then verse 10 says, so be very careful. Tell your neighbor, be very careful. Tell your neighbor, be very careful. Tell yourself, I will be very careful. He said, be very careful. Not just be careful. There was a word, very, that described the carefulness. He said, be very careful. For the Lord has chosen you to build his holy temple. Then finally say, be what? Be strong. And do as he has commanded you. Amen. So from this scripture, in fact I can end the message now. Am I correct? Amen. Everything we need is here. Within the few minutes we have. But I'm going to share with us those eight things. First and foremost, we need to understand that we have an assignment of God over our lives. You are not just existing for existing sake. You are not just a Christian to come to church on Sunday and come to church on Wednesday or any other days. You are not also a Christian to just be studying the Bible and be reading the Bible and be praying every day. There is a task that God has given each and every one of us. As you are hearing the sound of my voice, I don't know if you have discovered that assignment. That is the number one thing I want us to know. There's an assignment of God before the foundation of the earth. Before you were formed in your mother's womb. Before you were created. There is something the Lord has always ordained that you would do for him. And the assignment of God is part time. It's part time. God may call into something between now and next year. And as you are completing it, he's giving you another one. That's why you need to constantly be in touch with him. To know what he's asking you to do at every particular point in time. There is something that the Lord is asking us to do at every point in time. There is a mandate of God upon your life. There is an assignment of God upon my life. And until you know it, you will be wasting your life. Because your life begins to count at the time you begin to fulfill the mandate and the assignment of God for your life. If you have lived 100 years, and within those 100 years, there is nothing you have done that God has asked you to do, then you have actually wasted that 100 years. If you have lived 25 years, and within the 25 years, you have only achieved and accomplished the will and the purpose of God, and the assignment of God upon your life for two years, in the eyes of God, you have only lived for two years. Some of us seated here, we are 55 years. But in the eyes of God, you are one month old. You are less than a year. So until you begin to do that that God has called you to do, your, your, your time has not started counting in heaven. So there is an assignment. There is a purpose. And if you don't understand this thing, you will begin to live normally. You will think that your assignment is to be a doctor. Your assignment is not to be a medical doctor. Your divine assignment is not to be a lawyer. Your divine assignment is not to be a businessman or a nurse or an engineer. No. Your assignment is what God has called you to do. Even in the midst of your law profession, in the midst of your medical profession, there is something that God has asked you to do there. That is the assignment. Permit me, I'm going to use the word assignment, calling, purpose, all of them interchangeably. Because we are talking about what God has called us to do. 
So there is something. As a student, your, your, your assignment is not just to be a student. When I was in school, you know, those days in Nifes, they would tell us that your primary reason for being in school is to do what? Is to study, right? That's your primary reason. And that's what I tell people anywhere I go to, especially when I'm talking to students. Some of us made terrible mistakes in the university. Some of us made. But I still have some of my friends in Nifes who ought to have graduated 10 years, 15 years ago, but they never graduated. Because they didn't understand this thing. For them, they thought that everything is all about ministry. Amen? And they spent all their time studying the Bible. Tarrying. You know, that's the word we use then. To tarry. You know, how long? Sometimes you see a brother in the morning, you greet him, you say, how long did you tarry this morning? How long did you tarry? You know, so they spent their time tarrying. They spent their time doing the work of God. And they never attended lectures. They were not interested. But the truth is that our primary reason as students is actually our studies. Because your parents sent you there. And they are paying your school fees. And they have an expectation that you will go and come back with certificates. So it's a disappointment to your parents and even to God that you spent five years or four years in the university and you came back without any certificate. God forbid. You know, so I have some of them, even till now, some of them who are engineers, they call themselves engineers, but they never graduated. And they are building houses for people. And when I look at them, I say, I know this brother did not graduate. And he's putting engineer in his name. Why will you put engineer? You're a Christian. And you know you never graduated. And there's an engineer attached to your name. And you're coming to church. May God help you in Jesus' name. So that is the primary reason. But we also know that there is an ultimate reason. The ultimate reason is to do the work of him that has sent us. There is a work him that has sent us to do in that school. And that is the ultimate reason. That is the ultimate assignment. So you don't need the Holy Ghost to help you to balance the primary assignment and the ultimate assignment. Because the both of them must go hand in hand. Paripa, shoo. They must go together. So there is a primary assignment. So if you are working for somebody this morning, there is a primary assignment for you in that office. Don't use spirituality to cover up everything. If you are not competent, go and look for skills and become competent and do your work. It's part of it. Some of us, you come to the office in the morning, your Bible is before you. And you read your Bible from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 12 a.m. The time is Jaror. You are studying the Bible. Is studying the Bible bad? No. But the Bible says that wisdom is profitable to do what? To direct. So the primary reason why you are working there is for you to produce the results your boss wants you to produce. It's for you to do the work you are being paid to do. And if you are collecting salary and you are not doing the work, you are cheating yourself, you are cheating your employer, and heaven will not be happy with you. Because God does not accept cheats. But there is an ultimate assignment. The assignment to influence people around you. The assignment to influence your, your, your employers. The assignment to influence your colleagues. The assignment to bring people
to the kingdom of God. The assignment that you tell yourself, nobody can interface with me and his life will remain the same. Nobody can interface with me without hearing the word of God. Nobody can interface with me without me giving him a tractor. Nobody can interface with me without me telling him that Jesus loves you. That is the ultimate assignment. I have an aunt, a deeper lifer. As you're meeting her like this, she's telling you, have you given your life to Christ? That's the first question. Even me, as I am, when I see her, she say, I hope you are still praying. Hope you are still praying. Hope you are, hope you are still with God. Hope you have not deviated. He, she is conscious of the values of the kingdom. Overconscious of it. So there is an, an assignment. That is the number one thing. And, and until we begin to fulfill that assignment, we have not started. And this assignment has been there before the foundation of the world. If you read the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 4 to 5, the Bible speaking to Jeremiah, it said, before we were born, God has already, let me read it very well. It said, the Lord said to me, I knew you before you were formed. He said, within your mother's womb. Before you were born, I sanctified you and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. In other words, before Jeremiah was born, God has already ordained him for an assignment, for a prophetic assignment. Before you were born, there was an assignment that God has ordained for you. It is your responsibility to discover it in God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For, he, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before time ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. Igbo translation said, Christ Jesus. Sometimes I like reading the Bible. I'm not very fluent like my brother Jinta. But sometimes I, I it's good. Amen. So there is a work God has called us to do. Identify it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two, second point to note. God expects us to stick to our assignment. Don't lose focus. Understand your calling. Understand your assignment and stick to it. David understood his assignment and he carefully operated within the scope of his assignment. He was very careful about it. He knew that though I want, I would have wanted to build this temple. It's my desire. But that's not his calling. So he operated within the scope of his calling. Within the scope of his assignment. It was his desire, but he said no. He even went to the extent of procuring and providing all the necessary things needed for that assignment. He bought all the woods. He gathered all the materials all the cement, all the rods, the roofing sheets, everything needed for the assignment. That was to the extent that God has permitted him. So he was careful not to exceed that limit. He even got to the point that God even, even he downloaded the blueprints, the, the, the structural and architectural design for the temple. God gave it to him. So he had everything, everything needed. He had the drawing. He knew what the place would look like. But God said, it's not in your hand to do this assignment. 
So it's good for you to discover your assignment. And stick. And stick to it. David never insisted that he must do it. You don't need to do what God has not called you to do. You need to understand it. You don't need to be in choir when God has not asked you to do what? To be in choir. You don't need to be in ocean because you feel that you are handsome and beautiful. So that when people are coming, they will see you. That is not, that is not it. Until God has called you to be in ocean. Anything you are doing there, you are doing what? You are wasting your time. So stick to what God has called you to do. Don't be moved by people around you. Don't be moved by what you feel or what you know. David's feeling was for him to build it. He felt it. He wanted it. But in Christianity, we don't act by feelings. We don't act by emotions. We don't act by what people say and what people will not say. We act according to how we are led by the Spirit. Very, very important. So stick to it. Sticking to assignment requires no room for distraction. Sticking to your calling desire or require no room for distraction. So you don't need anything to distract you. You don't need to envy somebody doing something else. When you begin to envy somebody's assignments, your own will do what? Your own will suffer. Stick to what God has called you to do. This morning I want God to instigate our heart. Because there is something God has called us to do. Why God gave Noah the assignment to build the ark? There were so many distractions, I believe. When he was building that ark, people may be laughing at him, trying to distract him, but he said no. He was committed to it because he knew that there was something coming. And God has given him a task that must be accomplished without any form of distraction. Number three, we can only discover the assignment and the mandate of God upon our lives when we strive to know God. So how do you know your assignment? How do you understand your assignment? How do you know that thing that God has called you to do? You must start by doing what? Knowing God. You cannot know the assignment until you know the giver of the assignment. There is somebody that is giving you the assignment. How can you know the assignment? How can you even do the assignment when you don't know? When you don't know the giver of that assignment? It is abnormal trying to know your assignments when you don't even know God. So the number one step in knowing your assignments is actually knowing God. Because we are talking about God giving assignments. So the assignment has a source. The assignment is coming from somewhere. And you must know where that assignment is coming from before you'll be able to accomplish it. So the knowledge of God is very important. That's why when we read, we discovered that David specifically told Solomon. He said, Solomon, my son, in verse 9, Solomon, my son, gets to know who? The God of your fathers. Worship and serve him with a clean heart and a willing mind. So for you to know your assignment, you must be like Solomon that was instructed to do what? To know, to know the God of their fathers. Do you know the God of Abraham? Do you know the God of Isaac? Do you know the God of Jacob? Do you have a relationship with God? That's what we are talking about. Relationship with God. Knowing God. Do you have a place of devotion? Do you spend time with him that you want to know? Brethren, it is in spending time with God that God will begin to reveal your assignment for you, to you. You cannot know your assignment from the blues. It does not come from anybody. It's a 
in, in your staying with God. It is in your communion with God. It is in your fellowship with God. It is in your, 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 your efforts to know God. Striving to know Him in His Word. In a place of prayer. Asking Him, inquiring of Him. What do you want me to do? What have you called me to do? That is when God will begin to open the eyes of your understanding. And begin to give you specific instructions on what to do. With respect to your family. With respect to your church. Where you are working. Anywhere you find yourself. It is in the place of devotion, the place of prayer that God opened up those things for us. You think David just got the blueprint from the moon? You think David got the architectural design? The size of the doors? The size of the windows of the temple? You think he got it from the moon? It was in the place of prayer. He said, I have received this from the hand of God. If you read down from where we read. David said it. So, if you are still looking for your assignment, if you are still looking for what God has called you to do, this morning I want to announce to you, may you begin now to sit with the maker of heaven and earth, the one that knows your beginning from the end, the one that created you and knew you even before you were born, the one that knew that your name would be Ginnika, or whatever your name is, he has named you even before the foundation of the world. He has your blueprint in, in his hand. He knows your destiny. He knows what you, are, you have been called to do. Until you connect to him, until you connect to him, so strongly, there is no way you will know and fulfill the assignment of God. The knowledge of God is very important. That was why David instructed him. He said, you have to continue to search for the word of God. You have to continue to seek the face of God. Because it is in the seeking of his face that God will begin to reveal things to you. Amen. I don't know if you are following me this morning. Number four, God-given assignments is time-bound. I said we have eight, right? So we are towards the half. God-given assignments is time-bound. We don't have lavity of time. We don't have freedom of time. The assignment of God requires a sense of urgency. <laughs> this is very important. The calling of God requires a sense of urgency. Time is of essence. Reason is because you are not in control of time. Your time here on earth. You are not in control of it. I am not in control of it. That is the reality. That's why sometimes I love going to burial services. Because somehow, somehow, with the songs that we sing, you begin to come back with that consciousness. Hey, there was one I learned then. I've never forgotten it. Something like that. So we have only two days on earth, for those that don't understand Ibu. As you're seated here, you have two days. You have already done one day. Is remaining what? One day. Two days. And we have done one already. We are about getting to the what? The second one. It's not a burial service, but we need to know it. We have done one already. So we have just one day remaining. So you see that we don't have time. 
a man that does not have time is always in what? In a hurry. You are going for a meeting and you, you see, hey, I have five minutes. You'll be driving like a madman. But carefully, so that you don't have accident. So we don't have time. So we don't have time. We need to know it. The Bible said, do the work of him that has sent you. When it, was, when it is what? When it is day. For night comets. When no man can do what? No man can walk. So this is our day. Are you still wasting time? Are you still procrastinating? Are you still saying, oh, let me come to the golden force. Let me enjoy life. It is my life. That's what young people say. Let me enjoy it. By the time I get to the university, I will, I will look for a fellowship. I will give my life to Christ. And I will do the work of God. And you get to the university, you, you become worse. And you tell yourself, no, when I graduate, I go for youth service. As you go there, you keep, you keep, and you don't know what will happen in between. You don't know what will happen in between. So as you have breath in you, as I have life in me, I must on daily basis be at the center of the will, at the center of the assignment, at the center of the calling of God upon my life. Because there is no time. And when we live here and go to heaven, or wherever we are going to, I pray all of us will be in heaven. God will ask us, what and what were you able to do? The assignment that I gave you, what were you able to do within the time you spent on earth? Jesus, Jesus, spent 30 years on earth before he began to fulfill his ministry. And his ministry was just for what? For three good years. He understood it. And within the three years, he was able to fulfill the mandate of God upon his life. And he left. My brother, my sister, I want to announce to you that the reason why you are still alive today, the reason why you are still seated here today is because God is giving you an opportunity to begin to do that work he has called you to do. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you are 90 years and you still have breath in you, there is an opportunity to do the will of God. If you are 50 years, you can still wake up. If you are 30 years, you can still wake up. If you are 15 years, if you are 10 years, even if you are a child, you can still wake up today. Wake up this morning. Wake up this morning. I want us to sing a hymn. Just one stanza of that hymn. As we go into the next thing. Abu 237. Consciousness to be known this morning. We don't have time. And it is the assignment and things that we do here that will determine a lot for us.
James chapter 4 verse 14 Say how do you get to know What happened tomorrow So for the length of your lives Is as uncertain As the morning fog Now you see it Soon It is gone That is the reality of life You can see somebody that slept in the night And the next morning You will hear the news That the person is no more Just within this time Last year I was driving home And a pastor friend of mine in Oka called me He said CJ where are you I said I'm in, I'm in Enugu but I'm driving home He said I just got an information That my younger brother My elder brother Who went for a wedding Slumped and they have rushed him to Niger Foundation Can you please help me go there I had to drive I went to Niger Foundation Lo and behold the man, a young man that left his family on a Saturday morning played with his children kissed his wife and said let me go for a wedding and at the wedding and everything after the reception this man was at the reception venue playing with children running around doing all manner of things and after a while he sat down and he, stand, he, he, he sat down and in sitting down the man just slumped they thought it was a joke someone that was carrying children you know because he, he loves kids the man was down and they rushed him to Niger Foundation getting to Niger Foundation the man was already late he has died that is what life is all about I once watched a video of a woman that was dancing in a party I don't know if you saw that video she was dancing in a party she never knew that would be her last dance and on the spots where she was dancing she slumped, she fell down and that was it do you have time? as I said it's not a burial service but this is reality we need to know the assignment of God requires a sense of urgency number five we must be very careful with our lives in fulfilling and accomplishing the assignment of God you must not just be careful you must be very careful David told Solomon said Solomon be what? be very careful be very careful when you have an assignment of God upon your life you don't talk anyhow you don't go to all places there are some clothes you don't even need to wear are you following me? Is it wrong to wear this? Is it wrong? But for you, because of the calling, because of the, the, the peculiarity of your assignment, the Holy Spirit can give you certain instructions on what to do and what not to do. That's why sometimes when I see our sisters, they don't wear earrings, they don't, I don't bother. It's according to their words, their conviction, what God has called them to do. And it requires that level of, of consecration. my office they go to places i say i just want water at most i will drink more they say you are not man enough i said okay, let me drink more and drink water amen because of what god has called me for something they will insult you they will mock you they will tell you all manner of things but you are just trying to be very careful 
They have to be very careful. I've gone to a place, my friends were all seated, and the, the waiter that brought drinks, they brought me ferus and gave them beer. And the, the person that brought the beer gave them glasses and gave me a straw. And everyone started laughing. You see? They gave you straw. We are having what? Glasses. And they gave you a straw. I say it is better for me to drink with what? Straw than to disobey God. So it comes with so many things. We don't have time. But you need to be very careful. If you read the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 21, you see the, the instruction Paul gave to Solomon. If you read the book of Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, Daniel proposed in his heart that he will not do what? He will not defile himself. There was an assignment upon his life. He said, I will not defile myself with the king's meat. You know how palatable the king's meat can be and food can be. How sweet and how delicious and how sumptuous. But he said, no, I will not. Number six, we must be prepared for our assignment. You must be prepared. We have a lot of people doing the work of God unprepared. Unprepared people handling the word of God. Very dangerous. When you are not prepared for the assignment, that assignment can consume you and consume people that you are feeding. We have a lot of unskilled and untrained people handling the word of God, doing the work of God. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. You need to prepare. Jesus in his glory as God prepared himself. He used 30 years, not one year. 30 years to get himself equipped and prepare for the assignment. Somebody said that premature exposure of purpose will lead to the abortion of destinies. You don't need to be in a hurry to fulfill the assignment of God. Sit with God. Let him equip you. Let him prepare you. You need some equipment. You don't go to the battlefield looking anyhow. They will kill you. You need to be prepared. There is a, a garment for ministry. There is a garment for the work of God. And if you are not wearing that garment, you are not fit to do the assignment of God. So you must be prepared. David prepared himself in the wilderness. You think he just woke up one morning and decided to face Goliath. He has been fighting wild animals. In the wilderness, destroying lions and all manner of wild beings. And that gave him the confidence. When God said, you can now face him. He said, yes, if I was able to kill that lion. Who are you? Who are you? Oh, reckless, stupid Goliath. Hallelujah. You fulfill your assignment in the name of Jesus. We need a place of counseling. You need to be counseled. You need to be... Paul did not launch into ministry. After he had an encounter on his way to Damascus, he went through a process of discipleship, a process of training. We all need it. Don't launch out when it is not time for you to launch out. Very important. Number seven, we must be strong. Tell your neighbor you must be strong. Nothing attracts, nothing attracts spiritual attack. Nothing attracts challenges, storms of life, like when you are fulfilling your assignment. Is an invitation for attack. It's an invitation for fights. It's an invitation for different kind of things. Ask people who are in deliverance ministry, they tell you what they face. You may even be praying for people to, to people that are looking for the fruit of the womb. And once you pray for somebody, the person will get will just get pregnant and all of that. But you, you don't even have a child of your own. It can be that way. The assignment of God attracts some kinds of heavy opposition. It was in the Bible. When Nehemiah was called to build the, 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 temple, the fallen walls of Jerusalem, he had
had some oppositions. Am I correct? Tobiah and who? Shambalat. They opposed him. So in fulfilling your calling, in fulfilling your assignment, you must be ready to face the storms of life. You must be ready. That was why David had to tell Solomon in verse 10. And even verse 20, say, be strong and courageous. And get to work. Say, don't be frightened. I think verse 20. Say, don't be frightened by the size of the task. For the Lord my God will not forsake you. So you need to be strong. The Bible said that if you faint in the days of your adversity, your strength is what? Small. We need to build spiritual capacity. Spiritual what? Capacity. In the place of prayers. Staying with God. Be strengthened. Be strong. Until you are strong, you cannot accomplish it. Then finally, the eighth one, our spiritual promotion and satisfaction is tied to the fulfillment of our assignment. For you to be spiritually promoted, you must finish one before you get promoted. Am I correct? And they say that the reward for hard work is what? It's more work. And as you're working, you are getting more capacity. You are getting more spiritual experience. Who will experience and more spiritual experience? You can put it in your CV. Spiritual words, experience. You need it. Because anyone you have done, you, if, if it comes again, you'll be able to do it very well. It's an experience. And anywhere you go to, America, London, anywhere, and it comes again, you say, yeah, when I was in Nigeria, God helped me. You employ that strategy. And it's called spiritual words, experience. Conclusion. Our ultimate assignment as believers is the Great Commission. That's the most important thing. Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. See, and Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I command you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Our primary ministry as believers is the ministry of reconciliation. If you fail in ministry of reconciliation, you have failed in every other thing that you are doing for God. It's the most important thing. See, he has given us a ministry. Reconciling who? Men to God. So anywhere you find yourself, as a lecturer, your classroom is your pulpit. As a doctor, your consulting room must become your what? Your pulpit. As a lawyer, your chambers, the court environment must be your pulpit. As a student, your school, your class must be your pulpit. As a businessman or woman, your marketplace must be your pulpit. As a professional in any angle, please use your profession to profess Jesus. Let us pray. Shall we stand? I want you to begin to ask God for yourself now. Have you looked at your work simply as a place to get money? Full stop. No. Ask God to change your mind. Ask God to open your eyes. There are techniques of surgery that God wants to bequeath to the surgical world through you. There are better ways of teaching that God wants to popularize through you. Can you begin to say, God, open my eyes to see that this is my God-given assignment. There are other ways of doing business 
that God wants to make popular through you? Can you ask God to open your eyes? Ask God to strengthen you. Ask God to equip you. That is part of your God-given assignment. Creative, innovative ways. Things that people say, no, it can't be done, but it's burning in your mind. Five years, it's burning in your mind. Ten years, it's burning in your mind. Ask God to help you to birth it. That is part of the mandate of the church. Bringing forth things for the good of mankind. Ask God to use you. Ask God to use you. Ask God to make you so skilled that people will come looking for you because of that skill. And that each time they come, you will deliver. Now ask God, open my eyes to see how to make provision for the gospel whilst I am doing all of this. Open my eyes to see how to make provision for the proclamation, for the impartation of the gospel while I am doing these assignments. Ask God. Precious Father, we bring ourselves before you. For you have created us and given your church a mandate to be a blessing to the world. You have given your church a mandate to be a blessing spiritually, a blessing emotionally, a blessing in every aspect and sphere of life and living. Lord God, we give ourselves to this assignment in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we no longer look at our vocation as merely points of earning cash. But Father, we look them as outlets for the fulfillment of your mandate upon our lives. Father, open our eyes also as we do this. Open our eyes to the provisions to minister the gospel. That when we see those people that are coming to us, we will see the harvest. That when we see those people that are coming and meeting us, we will see the opportunity to present Christ to disciple souls and that we will not fail you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, every distraction, Father, every discouragement, Lord, we put aside in the name of Jesus. Every pressure from the enemy to look at money, 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 and only money, Lord, we reject. Lord, we refuse in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church of God say, And so we come.